need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Episode number 80, China Business Cast. It's Mike Michelini here and my co-host and good friend Shlomo. How are you doing today, buddy? Hello, hello. Summer here. It is summer. <laughs> we we joke. I think we talk about the weather all the time on this show, but uh but uh every two three episodes. Yeah, why not? But it's uh <laughs> something everybody's gotta deal with weather. And uh I know you you've been really excited about something, so I want want you to share first. Do you wanna talk about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mentioned uh previously that I started a new company. One of the episodes I said really a little about it and I've been working on this for six months and I'm finally ready to to let you know about this and, and let the listeners know. Cool. What is it? What is it? Got me excited. So this one is called Free Financial Self. Uh, basically, I help solopreneurs and freelancers get control over their finances so it's no longer a distraction and a point of stress. You know, I've, I've seen, I'm in the entrepreneurship world for the past 15 years or so, and there is so much stress I see around personal finances uh, of entrepreneurs. They're all into their business and their personal finances lives are totally neglected. So the idea here is really helping them figuring this out and, 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 uh, and learn about it and educate them about, them, about savings, about, um, about investments, about lifestyle as well, the right lifestyle. So to get started, I, I opened this offer last week for our listeners, for China Business Cast listeners, and I do free financial fitness calls. Uh, and in order to to reach me and and schedule those calls, all you need to do is send me a WeChat message. My username is Shlomo F. That's S H L O M O F. I'll say again, S H L O F S H. L-O-M-O-F. That's on WeChat. Or you can email me to shlomo at chinabusinesscast.com. On both cases, I'll send you a schedule link and uh, we'll get on on a call and see how I can help. And the last thing is, of course, you can check details on freefinancialself.com. So uh, yeah, that's my pitch. And I'm really, really, really excited about this. Excited, man. Yeah, I know you've been working on this for a while. So I'm uh, I'm happy to have you Share and you've helped me a lot with preparing my financials and uh, as the cost ex- goes up as a as a father and everything and and life as an entrepreneur. So thanks, fathers. <laughs> yeah, we're both fathers. So yeah. So congrats on that. And if people have too much money and they want to go on a yacht, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just having like ten ten people or so on. A, uh, we're gonna do a little retreat this summer in Hong Kong. Uh, one, one of my good friends has a yacht, and we're going to do a yacht party. So how people can join this yacht retreat mastermind you're doing? Sounds really good. Yeah, sure. It's on globalfromasia.com slash retreat. You should change the link to slash yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking yacht, but it's hard to spell. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's not confuse them. What's the link again? Globalfromasia.com slash retreat. R-E-T-R-E-A-T. Awesome. After you get the, the masterminds, <laughs> yeah, trying, trying, pushing the limits as always, and uh, 
got connections with some people in Beijing about cross border summit there. Some people are interested in doing it there. So, so it's cool. Okay. Um, well, let's do a little bit of announcement. So, guys, uh, we had a lot of people joining our WeChat group recently, and, and uh, I mean, people got in touch with us, and uh, we definitely have a nice group for China business guys on WeChat. And we'd really like to get more of your reviews. So people, if you listening to the show, get on iTunes or on Stitcher and add your review that this is really, really helping us to be more noticeable for other people and make the show more popular. We really, really thank you for that. Definitely. I mean, it was a, a lot of people adding for the group. I mean, the group's getting pretty busy. So it's exciting that people are interested in a WeChat group. But uh, it's China equals WeChat. And I know people want more WeChat topics. We talk about WeChat a little bit in today's intro. We got Kyle Ellicott from Read Write Labs, and he was so excited to come on the show because he's a listener from way back. So we talk about cross-border <laughs> in investments and cross-border business and lifestyle. Uh, talking, He was in Hong Kong and I was in Shenzhen when we did the interview. And it's interesting. It's very. He's from Michigan and he was in uh, California for a while, and we talk about IoT space and wearables and what he's learned at Read Write Labs and living and doing this cross-border business with Shenzhen and Hong Kong, which was pretty fascinating. So I think people will enjoy this one. And uh, we'll get a little bit of WeChat talk in there, too. I know everybody's a WeChat addict on this show listening. So, so let's, uh, let's tune in. Tune in. Okay, thank you everybody to another China Business Cast podcast. And uh, we are in the midst of the highs of the Asia or China business life. We're just chatting before the recording. We have Kyle Ellicott from Read Write Labs. And uh, you are on one side of the border and I'm on the other. So thanks for coming on the show. Of course, it's, uh, you know, it's a big honor. I've been a personal fan of, of the podcast for so long. And uh, to have the opportunity to actually speak on it uh, versus just speak about it is uh, is pretty exciting. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. You, you've been doing some great work. We've been in touch for quite some time. So it's uh, it's about time we got you on the show. So I'll go through your bio as quick as I can. Uh, so Kyle's a founder and chief lab officer of Read Write, Read Write Labs, which is formerly known as Wearable IoT World Inc. And it's a San Francisco-based media and ventures company helping create social fabric for businesses in the wearable and IoT ecosystem. So you, you know, are not similar to me and, you know, other connectors here, networkers here, which we'll talk about. You're kind of helping bridge experts and thought leaders with uh, startups and brands, businesses around the world. And another American from Michigan, so, and an entrepreneur, so just been through many different things, so it's, it's great to, uh, to have you. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been an exciting journey. Um, you know, I'm excited to kind of talk about the company, but honestly, it's just been, uh, as an entrepreneur, um, it's been an exciting journey coming from, as you said, from Michigan in the Midwest to uh, California, which, you know, we can talk more about from California to, to Asia and Hong Kong and China and then tying it all back together now um, has been kind of a pretty cool experience. Sure, yeah. So, so Michigan's Michigan's. Uh, I have some really good friends and some good uh, business people that come out of Michigan. It seems like a pretty, pretty strong area for 
entrepreneurs, at least the people I know. But yeah, what what's the story? How'd you get how'd you get Michigan to Cali or? Yeah, so it, it's funny you mentioned uh, that about Michigan. I actually am going to be giving a talk soon about in, in Michigan for the first time, my first talk in, in the state. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, about this is how everything came full circle is about um, cross border investments between China and the US. Um, so I'm super excited. But uh, yeah, I actually, you know, born and raised in, in Michigan and I had some amazing entrepreneurial influence from my family, um, from my father, my grandfather, um, my grandparents in general, um, entrepreneurship was kind of in my blood. And as I was in college or university, um, started a few businesses, learned a lot of tough lessons and was kind of at this pivot point in my life of, you know, do I stay in the, uh, the state I grew up in? Um, as three generations before me had, or do I uh, take a leap of faith as every entrepreneur does and, you know, see what else is in the world and had an opportunity to, to um, venture out to Los Angeles where there I got deep into the tech ecosystem, um, started a few different businesses, worked with a lot of, you know, VCs and um, other founders and advising companies and, that just kind of took me up north to San Francisco and then from San Francisco, you know, continuing to work, um, and getting heavy into, you know, now what is called the internet of things, which when we started was wearables, um, or in some cases just, you know, consumer product. Um, they hadn't yet created a term for it. Um, and then that's what brought me out to Asia is when we started to really get heavy into the industry. And, and since we were kind of sitting in the center of everything, um, there was a natural pull to, to be in Asia, um, where so much of the manufacturing, the production, the design to now, um, kind of the pulse of everything in the industry was very cool. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we all, well, it seems to be more and more, yeah, pulled into this side of the world where we are. And you also, yeah just shared at startup launchpad which i think you're just finishing up from as we record this but yeah which yeah there's just more and more and it's funny how the term i remember bluetooth i think bluetooth was you know it's still hot you know or still still part of it but i feel like that would maybe in my mind just random left off my head that's kind of like what i think of as a start of wearables or iot or am i wrong no i think you're 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 spot on from a technology perspective i mean bluetooth Bluetooth changed the game for a lot of technology, right? So you, you now have this new ability to connect, um, to interact with devices or device to device. Um, and then in addition, really the evolution of the phone. So going from mobile phones, you know, the classic flip phone phones that, you know, you're texting your T9, um, your 15 <laughs> yeah, yeah, to get out T9, the below. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from, from your flip phones to your PDAs to your, uh, your smartphone, once that smartphone really hit, um, you know, something was, something was happening, something was changing and it changed the way that we as consumers and also businesses started interacting with technology and how we relied on technology and how techni- technology could really start to benefit us, not just in our home or our workplace, but 
on the move. And that started pushing the boundaries of hardware. So, you know, you have BTLE, so Bluetooth low energy to pushing the boundaries of, of Wi-Fi connectivity and applications, which then led into these new devices that we would wear on us that now can collect data, right, from us moving around, um, interacting in some way. And the mobile phone acts as that kind of bridge between our devices and us to the cloud to be able to, to send something back for us to act on. Yep, yep, it's true. I mean, and it's taken over from here. So maybe I'm trying to think. So you, I'm, so now I'm connecting the dots here. Michigan, L.A., San Francisco, getting into this wearable IoT movement, pulling you over to to uh, Asia uh, and China, Hong Kong here. Uh, what was the first impression? Maybe when maybe talk. I'm sure listeners are always curious to hear how it was coming here from San Francisco or, or the, the West. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's funny cause I actually was talking about this a little earlier today. Um, my first impression of Asia was actually Hong Kong. Um, I had never been to Asia before. Um, always heard, you know, magnificent things and had a, an opportunity to speak in Hong Kong at, at Cyberports. So one of the the big technology and incubation parks here in Hong Kong came out and, you know, expected the normal, you fly in, you see this beautiful city and you go do your thing and and you take off. And it was the complete opposite. Um, I pretty much landed, got out of the terminal and not even out of the terminal, out of the airplane. And I see this terminal of an airport and just am like, wow, (laughs) you know, it's like, what did I just walk into? And all of a sudden I go through customs and I'm looking at my watch like, wow, that was fast. And and I I get to, um, the airport express, which I had never, I I had no idea. I kind of like found my way through this and I jump on this train and, you know, signs everywhere says 24 minutes, 24 minutes to the city. And I'm like, "Eh, can't wait to see how, how this goes coming from Los Angeles traffic. Um, you know, uh, and all of a sudden I land at IFC in central, the, the shopping center. And I walk outside and I'm like, Oh my gosh, where have I, where am I? And you just see this cityscape that's yes, yeah, similar to New York, but in such a different way where you just feel like you've stepped into the future. You've stepped into this this world that has a pace almost faster than New York in some cases, depending on where you're at. Um, and then I saw, you know, Cyberport, and I'm like, I can't believe there's this many startups and these types of buildings that exist. And then I start seeing the community. This is all, by the way, in like four days. And I start seeing the community and meeting people and how energized they are. And I'm just, I'm just a taken, a taken aback. And, um, really have no idea what to think. And I get on the plane and I just, I was heading back for Thanksgiving in the States. And the whole time I'm on this plane, I'm like, I, I have to be in Hong Kong. I have to be in Asia. It's just the entire thought of my, uh, my plane ride. And I'll, I'll add to that. When I went into Shenzhen, the first impression I had was I have stepped into <laughs> what the future looks like 
in every science fiction movie <laughs> that shows off, you know, nine, you know, 2049 or 2025 or 2050. I'm like, this is it. This is actually it. Um, and ever since, like, haven't been able to turn away from, from Asia. Wow. Yeah, I have a similar feeling. Like, I sometimes may mention on the show and other times, but I really underestimated what I was going to see. I really thought I was going to go into uh, maybe not even the equals to like a U.S. airport. I thought it would be like below, you know, a level of an airport in the U.S. And uh, yeah, I was just totally blown away. I also came to Hong Kong first, and it's it's definitely a futuristic feel even still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and just the conversations you have, you know, that's the, the thing that threw me was you, you, you see these beautiful landscapes or, or cityscapes and you go through the ecosystems and you feel the pace and you feel vibrant and, and alive, but you talk to someone and you feel that same excitement and passion and, and forward thinking, unlike you have anywhere else in the world. The only place that, that has really challenged that is, is Silicon Valley. But now, I mean, I'm having conversations like you and I have had some of these, uh, in, in Shenzhen or in Hong Kong or Shanghai and Chengdu and, and Foshan. And it's like, man, these, there, there are people out here who are pushing the boundaries of, of technology and innovation and what the future is going to look like more than, I will say outsiders, so people that I guess are, are not necessarily looking or visiting could ever imagine. True. Yeah, well, I think we'll come back to some of that. There's a lot of good <laughs> stuff in that. I have one part earlier was, yeah, the international side, right? When you're here, you hear yeah. different languages and there's multiple currencies uh, just naturally. And is that kind of how did that impact your perspective, like doing business, even just in general, but of course, in this international scale? I, coming out of, you know, San Francisco or the U.S.? So, so personally, it was a hard lesson to learn. Um, I, uh, when I landed in Hong Kong, I, uh, I wasn't sure if my credit cards would work, so I, <laughs> I, I drew money out of the ATM and got a terrible exchange rate. Um, and I did the same thing in China. Uh, so those were two expensive lessons to learn. But um, what was kind of cool about Hong Kong is you have – you have the currency exchange, which is, you know, it is what it is. And you, you adapt pretty quickly and you find out that you know, all major credit cards work. So if you don't have anything, you can still arrive here and, and get around. There's very few places that you can't use credit cards or easily find access to money, um, a Hong Kong dollar. But what was crazy was the octopus card. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for those that don't know, there's this, essentially this, this, uh, credit card size, um, card that acts not only as a kind of bus or train pass that you can load up with cash, but you can also use it to get to and from the airport. You can use it as a electronic key card to offices. Um, it's so multifaceted. I'm looking at this thing like, well, what did I bring my credit cards for? (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got this hope I don't lose it, but now I've got this. And you know, that was the first step into Asia and, and, and I'll say Asia currency from a personal standpoint that just, um, really made me think like infrastructure wise, you know, there's something here now, granted that had been in, in here in Hong Kong for some time, but coming from the U S there's not many things like that. Um, and it's not very well adapted. And then when I went to China, WeChat 
took my world away and forever changed my perspective around money, communication, and if anything, networking and social interaction. But from a personal standpoint, that was a whole trip. You know, you have this, you go from a credit card cash to credit cards, from credit cards to this, you know, octopus card, this so plastic card, to now using an app that you're just scanning a QR code. That's it, right? You're just taking a picture where in the US QR codes are, are even not even looked at as something important here. It's, there's an entire economy around it. And you find out quickly that you can pay your bills, you can pay rent, you can pay your taxes and buy lunch or buy a water bottle all in one day. Um, and from a you know business standpoint, again, it, it just, it changed the perspective because now, you know, the currency exchange again is what it is, but now you're, you're interacting with a different medium. You know, you and I can exchange a service like, um, you know, you can, uh, I, I can pay you, you know, 50 renminbi to attend your conference. But if something's wrong, I can just see you and quickly send it to you, right? I can scan a QR code at the conference and now I have a ticket. No longer do I need to have uh, an Eventbrite page or, or a website or, or anything of that nature. I could just quickly scan and go. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. So for talking about cross-border, you know, Octopus and, and WeChat, let's move into the next topic I'm excited to talk to you about. Is which you mentioned you were talking in Michigan about cross-border investments. And this is, of course, a huge, huge topic, which we can dive into in a few different points. But, you know, what are, what are some of the – well, actually, there's some really hot topics now about it with, with uh, tariffs and, and things. But uh, – What's the potential positives and, 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 uh, and negatives right now you see in this, in this world of cross-border investment? So I, I see more positive than negatives. Um, I think the negatives, if anything, are, are really um, – that can be solved based around education or market education. So what I mean by that is um, while, while cross-border investments are great, there's a lot of educating that um, the investors need to make not necessarily just smart investments, but also how to invest in a local region. Um, you know, for instance, a investor in Silicon Valley, the way that they typically invest and interact may not be the right way to do the same in, in China and vice versa. So Chinese investors going over to the Valley and, and working with uh, local entrepreneurs there, it's just a different process. And that's something that I think people are starting to see very quickly, that they need to learn how to culturally adapt their, not just business service, but in this case, investment process, how they do their due diligence, how they, um, how they culturally interact um, with the entrepreneurs, how they um, advise, uh, how they mentor, how they uh, engage those, resource, those, re, those uh, entrepreneurs beyond uh, the initial funding and, and what it takes to build a company in different regions around the world. Um, you know, right now it's, it's easy to say, 
you know, I have a fund here in Hong Kong. And so I want to go, uh, invest in companies in, uh, Chile in, uh, France and Russia and China. All four, all five of those areas are all completely different on how, uh, the entrepreneurs interact with investors, how the culture works, the types of money that they need to be successful, to build a business. The structure of their businesses are generally different, not necessarily from a legal standpoint, but how the cap tables are done, um, the resources they have available are different. So some of the negatives are, are, are just that, um, that hurdle to get over on educating themselves or ourselves in, um, in doing business locally. But um, the advantages... I mean, the advantages open up so many new doors uh, around the world to how entrepreneurs do business, how they, who they can interact with, who they can connect with. When money from different regions comes into a new region, that starts to show growth and development, um, which can allow for entrepreneurs to have a better chance of being successful, having that exit, and then themselves turning into investors uh, and kind of refilling the ecosystem. So I think that's a huge advantage. And again, another uh, disadvantage on the other side, but yeah, and I think it also brings new life uh, into it. I mean, you know, talking about US and China cross-border investments is something that's a lot of conversation right now because there's several companies in the United States who see uh, opportunities with consumers or enterprises here in China, but don't necessarily know how to get mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Right. I mean, you and yeah. I talk about this. Yeah, you, so many, so many. And, and, you know, you have one of the best conferences, uh, in the country that talks about this. You know, we help companies come back and forth. Uh, so we're both providing that service, but there's still an entire region of entrepreneurs there who, who don't understand. And what's great is that, a a local investor in Hong Kong or China or Asia proper can make an investment. And with that investment, open doors, provide knowledge and resources for that company to enter in the Asian market. And same in the reverse, you know, companies in China who may want to go or Singapore or Hong Kong want to go to the U S by a U.S. investor investing in them. That now opens that, that once potentially closed door to now being open and, and giving them a better pathway uh, into the region. Yep, agreed. So yeah, I think we should focus on the uh, the list. You know, the listeners I think are are the expats or the people wanting to come out here. Totally on the edge of their seats every show, wanting to know what is the you know biggest uh, thing that they need help with. You know, or what can we do for them? I mean, I think they. I always try to say just get out here. Is you know, I know some people can't realistically do that or do their circumstances, but what what can and what can you guys do to help them? Yeah. So first off, just come and hang out with you and I. We're, yeah. we're fun guys. I mean, we yeah. know some fun people. Like, come hang out with us. But in, in all seriousness, uh, you're you're perfectly right. Like, if if you want to do business here, get here, and and that that comes with a lot. You know, a lot of our listeners are listeners are probably like, whoa, um, you know, even if I get there, what do I do? Well, first and foremost, you know, take a step back. If you want to come here for business, know why 
and know what you want to achieve. You know, just coming to China or Hong Kong or uh, Macau or, or any 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 of the countries around, just to coming to come, you're on vacation. You're you're, you're not on a a practical you know business achieve a goal achieving type um, uh, trip. And instead, you should be planning for that. So if you want to come here and start doing business, definitely come out here. But know why you want to be in this market and know what you want to achieve and in some cases, do some research and find out if there's even opportunity for you and jump ahead. You know, after you come visit you and I, uh, and hang out, find people who can provide you introductions, can provide you guidance, can really be your tour guide, if you will, your Jedi master while you're on the ground, because, and you and I both know this very well, is that you know, Asia is, is very relationship based. It's also very massive and it's very overwhelming. And so you want to be focused and you want to have someone who knows the landscape who can help introduce you or help guide you to make sure you have a successful trip. Um, this is the, one of the things that the cross cross border summit that you do yeah. is so great at. And this is something that we do as a company, um, where we bring people for, over from around the world to China for five days. And during that five days, we're showing them around We're we're their Jedi masters saying, you know, here are the people you need to meet in your specific vertical and putting them together. You know, here are uh, the places where you want to do business based on your industry. And here's the places you don't want to. Um, and here really is what you should be looking at if you're going to go after this customer base versus another. So to sum up, do your research, figure out how to get here and find someone or, or join a, a trip or a service that can bring you here and, and actually help you to be successful uh, during your time uh, as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely good advice. And unfortunately, I don't know, it seems like a lot, you know, especially you know, I'm, I'm going through it now with kids. I mean, uh, on the opposite way, it's hard to get to the States. But, yeah, I think some people get older or, or set in their ways or some people just don't want to get on a plane. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that there's somebody on the team that's that's willing to do it. I've actually met some. Just uh, I don't know if you have. But I've met some, like, second-generation business people in the U.S. that have their kids, like, coming out of college, coming out here mm -hmm. to help them out, get set up here. That's some other interesting ideas i've i've noticed oh, oh i was just gonna say and the, the other thing too is you know coming out here might not be your first step pending your situation right you, you as you mentioned like you, you have kids right now so that's that's probably hard for you to get away for for five days there's just so much information out there um that you can read about you can always attend um events or conferences you know uh, you can do webinars, you can really tune in, but look at the people who are actually on the ground because when you want to be here, when you want to learn about it, you have to be here. When you really are serious about it, you have to be on the ground, whether it's for three, five, seven, you know, it's days, it's two weeks. It doesn't matter. You have to make it out here. And if you have someone else in your business that can come, that's great. It doesn't always have to be you, but look back to the the experts or the thought leaders or the people who are on the ground like us or plenty others i mean you've got your china guy you've got you know 
Bay from from Brink. You've got the Global Sources team. You've got Ashley, who who does uh, a ton of of marketing for Chinese consumers. You, you you've got a ton of people on the ground that can give you short tidbits or can help educate through just following them on social media. That it, it will give you a, a really good window into um, into what this world is is like. It's true. Yeah. So uh, take care of us connectors and networkers, like which goes into the next point is so networking in China. <laughs> it's I don't know. I guess you and I have, I've done it so long. I don't even know how to explain how to do it. But I think it's just getting yourself out there. But I think my final point for today is tips on networking in China. It's a great, great question. Um, so I think uh, a, a few a few formalities first. So one always have a business card ready and have a second hand free to accept the business card. Um, you know, there is a, a very unique way of, of, of presenting, uh, business cards. Um, you know, two hands, um, holding the business card, presenting it to someone accepting their business card in the same, you should always have that card. And when you're talking to someone, hold their card while you talk to them. You know, show that sign of respect and don't just take it, put it in your pocket and, and walk on to the next person. But, um, you know, actually engage with someone and, and hold their card showing that you care about who they are and respect what they do. Um, you know, Asia is so much about relationships, so much about um, that type of engagement that it's it will do you very well. Um, secondly, have WeChat. If you don't already have WeChat, get it. Put a nice picture on there. Uh, pick your username wisely. You only get one, and that's <laughs> it. I learned that the hard way. Um, and uh, with that, you know, you'll you'll find that people randomly connect with you from events, or you'll quickly connect with someone. It's a great tool to instantly connect and follow up later. A good tool to use for for networking. And then also, I think it's important to kind of talk about you know, the, the relationship process or the networking process is that you will meet a ton of people, a ton of great people who all want to engage with you and generally do, but don't expect, uh, as, as we have this problem in the U S you know, you meet somebody, uh, they want to do something, you move forward the next day here in Asia. That's, that's not the case. You know, when you're networking, you want to meet people, you want to get to know them, exchange information and know that it's it's about building again that relationship and not closing the deal the next day. Um, and so you should be following up with them. You should be um, getting to know them and what they do, and, and starting to build um, what hopefully will be a long term relationship versus a short short term exchange as well. But oh, and then I will also add as I just thought about this, I'm sitting here in Meta and watch, watching people walk around in Hong Kong, speak slowly. So if you're an expat and you're coming over to Asia, really any region around the world, you want to speak slowly at a, at a good pace so that if English is not someone's native language, that they can generally comprehend what you're saying. Um, so I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Someone gave me that advice once before, um, and it changed the way I communicated with people on a global scale. Uh, and if anything, it, it did, it did me more benefiting than, than negatively. Nice. Yeah, this is amazing. Really great. 
So we're about at time, and I think our last question, of course, is how can people find about you and your company? Yeah, well, you know, if you're coming to hang out in in China, you can easily find Michael and I. We're we're pretty pretty uh, pretty available out there on the web. But um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, um, find me on LinkedIn, Kyle Ellicott. You can find me on Twitter um, at Kyle Ellicott. Uh, the company you can find at Read Write Labs uh, on Twitter and readwritelabs.com. You can find out all that we have to offer, but um, always available to talk. Um, so if you want to reach out, have a question, want to engage, don't hesitate and looking forward to it. Very good. Thanks so much, Kyle. Appreciate it. And uh, let's wish, wish each other luck through this busy season. <laughs> yes. Sure. Good luck, sir. Welcome to the year of the dog. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Woof, woof. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry. China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.